Laura Palmer is dead, a Twin Peaks podcast. We're here talking about part 11. I'm Kelly. With me is Melissa and Pat. And fans, we heard your feedback. You said... <laughs> yes, to Nate. The quote was, Thanks, Nate everyone. makes a great addition to the podcast. And we agree. We agree. It's true. So we brought Nate back. He's here. Uncle Nate for part 11, <laughs> which we just watched. Um, no, I'm not sure if these are episode descriptions or titles that I'm seeing on Showtime, but there's fire where you're going is what is either the description or the title. No, that's the, the des- te- it's the description. All the, the episodes are just part one, two, three, four, five. <clears throat> right. It just keeps going oh, up. But yeah. then wasn't last time like Laura is the one? Laura is the one. That was the that's description. description. They isn't just make that, their description Isn't that the so title short. though? Isn't the title sort right. of a description? They've been Does really... My... <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> They've been super hardcore with spoilers where they're protecting their IMDb. I remember, so we've watched this twice now. When we watched it on Sunday when it aired, um, I tried to get some <clears throat> IMDb stocking going on and couldn't do it. it. They didn't have it updated. And then the day later they had. So they are really controlling of like, yeah. What you can find out about the show. You know who's going to be on it, but you don't know what role they play, right. what their real name is. Yeah. There's a lot. How many episodes they're in. They definitely don't reveal that stuff, which is does make it fun. It really does. So which, another absence of Big Ed. I mean, a reference to Big Ed, though. First reference. reference. <laughs> he gets a Jesse, the detective, says, I just came from Big Ed's gas farm. And I was like, <laughs> I think that's literally the first reference he's even gotten. So, yeah. um, because there's also no Audrey. She's. Yeah. But what, back to IMDb, I remember seeing that Big Ed was on there for like eight or nine episodes. Why did that they was think, just why did they malarkey? Think that Big I mean, Ed he's in it. Be, you but know? he was rumored as a cast member, and I think they just, any cast member that was rumored, just put them on for eight episode. episodes. But he was also in, like, the Entertainment Weekly, like, right. where they did all the photo shoots right. for Laura it. is also in every episode, apparently. They and list her in every episode, even though she has her face. They show they her do face. Show her That's face. fair. Mm-hmm. In every episode. So they have to give her the credit. Right. Maybe Ed, like, yeah. clears his throat in the, like... <laughs> yeah. Beginning, like, yeah, in the music, and therefore he needs a credit. I'm not missing Ed, but I am missing Audrey. Um, And one thing before we get into episode 11 that I forgot about part 10, well, didn't forget, but I did a rewatch of original Twin Peaks. I almost like to use like the British idea of series instead of seasons because that's how it feels like it's a separate series. But the first meeting of Cooper and Audrey, Audrey tells Cooper about Johnny and she describes him. This is in Traces to Nowhere, episode one, two of Twin Peaks. And she describes him as having emotional problems and then adds it runs in the family, which I thought was really a good foreshadowing of Richard Horn. Just so you know, you never have to go back and rewatch anything. I just wanted to because it was fun. Was this a parallel, like, how did you find this episode? Was this no, this a, was the original. This is like the, the very first first one. season. Oh, okay. So, Nate, so. I do a yearly rewatching of Twin Peaks in the fall. <laughs> fall is Twin Peaks As season yearly, for me. Then multiply that by right. two or three. Then. Now it's become more than yearly. 
But I was like, it's almost kind of fall, and I'm going to do a rewatch, even though we're doing a podcast. And it's, and it's July. It's July. Close it's enough. close to fall. I just want to get my fall nostalgia on. It's just like hitting Q3. <laughs> it's ready to pull out the turtleneck. I love me a turtleneck. Everybody knows the leaves start falling Q3. It could be late <laughs> Q3, skirt. but nonetheless. Ooh, black tights. Forget about it. I She's know. rounding up. You're rounding down. <laughs> That's. So. I like to look in the moment. You're jumping I'm, ahead to the future. Jumping ahead. But I did think it was interesting. So anyway, Richard Horn has emotional problems is my point. But we're here to talk about part 11. And <laughs> that was the worst transition ever. Um, it starts with... Three adorable street urchins playing catch <laughs> outside. That's just what Kelly calls children. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Whenever she sees them, she's like, look at those little leeches. Lurchins? Uh, urchins? urchins? Street urchins? Street urchins. You know, like, they're in Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing bread and talking to monkeys. <laughs> Basically, tell me where I'm wrong. Just wait for an old guy to throw the doors the window shutters open and throw down some money. Riff raff. <laughs> anyway, this is not an Aladdin podcast. It could be. That's one thing I know about is Aladdin. Agreed. Um, so adorable street urchins playing catch, having a day, just a wonderful day. And then we see. What? A- Who comes out of the woods? But Miriam with Miriam. an eye. Oh, she didn't have an Did eye? Did she didn't have an eye? It looked, well, I thought the same thing. Like, yeah, it looked her like her eye was, eye was gone. Down. It's he extremely, her eyeball. Div- like, just I disturbing. Oh, no yeah. eye. I mean, Either that or it was blood from her head running into her. But well, it looked it like it was like, coming uh, out of her eye. It looked like her skull was basically, like, it right. looked like that. Oh. Did you guys notice the, the red skull, curtains so. um, in the trailer? So the curtains in the trailer <clears> were red. Not the front curtains, but the back curtains. There were a lot of red instances in this episode. Yeah, it was a really disturbing graphic. She was bruised everywhere. I mean... And then this means that she was also... She got out before... We assume up. her trailer blew up. <coughs> yeah, she was not burned at all. Right, that's she was true. just bloody and bruised. Or, he, or uh, Richard screwed up and... Like, yeah, she was passed out and thought... That she was dead. Well, but he he meant to blow up the trailer, like right. was saying. But maybe he, the flame went out or something. He That's screwed true. up, you know. Yeah. He didn't get like he didn't stick around to see the job done, and he just he just right. She just right. waited and then threw <laughs> something in right. there to make sure that the job's done. That's yeah. true. But <laughs> awesome. He had to beat up his grandma. Yeah. Classic Bond villain mistake. Yeah, classic. yeah I'm classic. just going to explain my scheme to you and then try and right. murder you slowly and walk away and assume it happened. Yeah, it, it was really a disturbing image. And then we're still at Fat Trout and we cut to Becky Burnett and she gets a phone call. And my question is, who is this phone call from that tips her off that Richard, okay, yes. or not Richard, uh, Stephen? Yeah, I think her friend or someone saw Stephen with the Hayward girl. Right. Oh, gotta tease that out, baby. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? That's true. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Some girl. Some we don't know who yet. Maybe, I don't know. Some ginger. Uh, <laughs> so many gingers. I know. 
Yes. Yes. So, so you think it's a friend yeah, of hers? Think, yeah, a friend of hers told her. Saw it. And it seems like he just did something. It made it seem like he did something crazy, but right. It was just that he was with. Well, he's cheating on her. Gertrude. Gert, <laughs> no bigs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just the Gersten, last okay. episode where we saw him freaking out on Becky. Right. Was that just episode that was, 10? Yes. And yes. he was saying, don't give me that innocent act. It was like he was accusing her of cheating with someone, I thought. So, classic then, projection. Right. And so, she goes fucking crazy. She does. Like, it's not yeah. even like a little crazy. Right. Like, which is the first instance we see of a character reacting in a in a bigger or more irrational way, I think, than they normally would. The, the theme for me in this episode is the beginnings of kind of the end, end times. Like, people are starting to freak out. Shit's going down. Just these hyper reactions to things. It's like the Ghostbusters where he's like, Rivers are running with blood. Right. Dogs killing, or cats killing dogs. And what I noticed, too, is they say in the original Twin Peaks, you know, that Bob is drawn by the pleasures and the fear. And, like, I think that that's a lot of when you see a character start to go off the rails, it's driven by either pleasure or fear or fear of pleasure, jealousy, like she Or Bob. Right. <coughs> where do you think she got that gun at? I think she just—it's the, the type of place where just <laughs> where everyone has from, a gun. Though? Everyone has a yeah. gun. Yeah, I mean, it would have been funny or... if it was the same kind of girly pearl handled no, Shelly gun. <laughs> that would have been a good opportunity for some Shelly sexy gunplay callback. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was really hoping for, but right. she just pulled that from under her bed, like. When in doubt, you have your gun on your bed. She right? has... Or a frying pan. Right. a bat. She knows nothing <laughs> about sexy gunplay. Or a sword. I have a bunch of swords We've got literally a, a, like, umbrella stand filled with swords, like, in the corner of our apartment. <laughs> There's so. just so true. It's just we're all looking at it right now. Just There's like, baseball caps on top of the swords to kind of cash them up. But the reality is there's a lot of swords in this apartment. It's my headstand. <laughs> yeah. Well, after, it's interesting because after, like, knowing that Amanda Siegfried was in this episode, and I thought it was interesting to do research, like, when she was a kid, that she used to hold her breath underwater for long periods of time in the bathtub, and that's why her eyes are so bulbous. <laughs> I mean, they get real. They're very expressive, so I think they that's kind of like they get you know real her. red when she's crying. Well, that's under so high pressure. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that scene. Wow, Nate, it's really, it's really clear why our fans had such a response to you. You're so diligent Insightful. in your research. <laughs> Insightful. I mean, that a lot of people don't know about that factoid. Right. <laughs> oh, it's a really. I think I read that on Breitbart. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely nothing true. yeah i mean yeah, yeah another <laughs> casting child yeah it's perfect um so we we becky runs out with the gun and then of course right away she calls shelly to get shelly's car and shelly rushes out of the tubular norma still working on those books yes. just never All she does is Math apparently, she does like, a lot of she math. has her Rolodex for 
stuff. Did you see that? There was a I did. <laughs> and she has whiteout. <laughs> it was like she's got a lot of whiteout. Her previous role kind of involved being beautiful, walking right. around, yeah, holding just... stuff. Now it's a lot of real work. She, and now she's she like transition to the future either though with all these like It's true, everything's paper. paper yeah. Like, she should be on a laptop, but let's yeah. talk about everything's it. Everything's paper in a booth in front of everyone, just doing our taxes from whatever she's doing. And judging. And judging every time Shelly does something right. where she's just like just like her she mother. Sees all. She she's knows like, oh, oh my god, MT wins. MT that was Woods. a thing. Jeez. Yeah, she totally, she sees everything. Becky's got a gun. She's stolen <laughs> Shelly's car. It's, I liked in this scene how we've seen Becky up until this point, and whether it's because of some weird Black Lodge magic, or I think a little bit could be that Becky's on a bunch of drugs that are bad. Um, like it's the sparkle coming from Canada. Right. She's behaving very, you know, okay. A-characteristically. Um, but we've seen her as a victim, and she's even been compared right. to Laura in a lot of articles. And here she's just not so sweet. She's a little bit more Richard Horn than so, anything yeah, else. It's not looking like a Laura. Right. Right. Here. Like, Laura always, for all of her destructive things, she always had this, like, sweetness about it. I don't know. Even when she, she was, was doing something, she was more right. of a manipulator. I thought, right? Than like a and crazy. She was like, going to harm anyone of right. herself. She right. Right. Exactly. She was like, just. She wasn't physically. Yeah. No. Like how she kind of talks about that star burning out. Like that was Laura. She was just like kind of hurtling through, but it wasn't kinda about kind of like that stuff the giant uh, spewed out. So. Right. <laughs> That was yeah. She's the one. Yeah, she's yeah. That's but if her she's light. the one, that was her light, right? Yeah, burning. But out. she has a lot of Shelly personality traits. Yes, she steals the car. Shelly then jumps on the car, holds right. onto the hood, and then Beck is like, "Fuck you, mom! I got places to right. be, so I'm gonna swerve around to get <laughs> off the car." I mean, who hasn't done that? <laughs> <laughs> that seems I mean, crazy and when we watched that on Sunday I was like <laughs> livid because I was like if this little Becky bitch kills our beloved Shelly I will lose my mind David Lynch I'm sorry you don't that's not happening I thought Shelly was going to get killed I was right, really worried she had her red shoes on red shoes because she's a waitress and those right. are Audrey's shoes why are you wearing the red shoes? Red is bad, too. Red's always like... And she had red lipstick on, which it's like, the more red you have in your life, the worse things are going for you, especially if you're a ginger. I did edit out our whole ginger segue for the last podcast, so we can ginger segue this time. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I do believe that gingers have a <laughs> universal telekinetic power over the color red. If that's true, that is. I mean, it makes sense. Right. Then, yeah. If you're gonna make fun of a ginger, like oh don't God. wear or have any red on I you literally anywhere. Red pens. Fun, I made fun of a yeah. ginger the other day, and the cherry <laughs> just fell from my Sunday. So right. my kinetic time powers. Yeah. Because a ginger child ordered ginger ice cream, and I thought it was the most funniest thing. So I was making Worse. fun of it. Right. As I was walking out of the ice cream shop, and then yeah. Karma's like, cherry? No. Ground. And then I swore. <laughs> a lot of other children. 
don't mess with them. And nothing tells us that more than this next scene where Becky goes to the apartment building, which the apartment building interior that she goes to to find Steven looks like the Palmer house. Am I right? Like, it looks like... I thought it was the Palmer house. Yeah, it doesn't look like an apartment building. Now, granted, we live in Chicago, not in Snoqualmie, Washington, where this was filmed. Twin Peaks. But, yes, Twin Peaks. (laughs) It's really Snoqualmie, Washington, Uh listeners. Um, But it looks like... It didn't look like an apartment building, but then all of a sudden we see 208 is the apartment number. I don't know if that's... We have, twos are big all of a sudden. Twos weren't twos anything. Really it was all about threes, but now twos are the rage. Um, but these are sentences I didn't think I'd say today, but they happened. Wonderful. <laughs> I know. I knew we were podcasting. What? Um, so Becky runs up to the apartment trying to find Stephen. A woman yeah. tells her that Stephen's left. Left. And we see Stephen huddled in the stairwell with. Gersten Hayward, played by Alicia Witt, who we know from playing Gersten Hayward in Twin Peaks. For one episode. She's yeah. the fairy princess. She plays the piano. And in she's that. the only famous person. Basically. Right. The like, weird Hayward Supper Club scene. Yeah. So much. That scene is one of the hardest to watch for me. <laughs> like, it's just rough. Did we catch how many times Becky shoots at the door? Because six she gets times. Them. I caught six. Yeah, yeah. she unloaded. Yeah, yeah, six she times. A while and she just that door. Yeah. And that too. I'm, I can understand Becky being really like angry and screaming, right. but that seems like something's taken up, taking control of her that isn't the Becky we've seen previously. Not that she's some golden child who's perfect by any means. But in this episode, she had a dramatic shift in character. And I don't know that I believe that it's not caused by some sort of, like, this rift that's happening between the Black Lodge and the real world. That I think is really what the underlying theme of the episode is. Is that, like, this evil seeping into Twin Peaks and the world at large. Yeah. But maybe she is just a real pill. I don't know. I mean, if if that's... It could be. Certainly... But then we find out the most important thing because when Carl helped Shelly yep. pick her up from the ground that her daughter threw her on <laughs> from the car hood, that she calls Norma being like, what do I do? What do I do? And she's like, call Bobby. Right. And then Carl De- calls the switchboard because he just has access to it. <laughs> yeah, he's got like band. a police radio. Because <laughs> Carl... Well, because he's gonna he's a very trailer prepared guy. I mean, he's, he's very yeah. prepared. Yeah, and then he's she delightful. goes, "Here's Shelly Briggs for Sergeant Briggs." And yes, so we know that the Briggses, it's all the Briggs. So she married Bobby Briggs, Bobby and Shelly. Yay! Yay! They're married. divorced, but they got married, and they made a baby. Or separated. We don't know if it's official. That's oh, true. There's definitely still nice. love there. We'll get to that in a moment, but. Um, yeah, I loved that. I thought the way they revealed it was very cool. It's just being like, I've got Shelly Briggs, and I got chills as soon as I heard Shelly Briggs. It was great. <laughs> we, of course, have known her previously as Shelly Johnson. So that was a real treat. We answered the question, who's your daddy, Becky Burnett? So that's one person who's got a daddy. Hmm, who doesn't have a daddy yet, though? Richard Horn sure does not. It's not no. quite fair in the parentage space. We don't know who his mother is officially yet. Either. We don't. I know. It could be. <laughs> I don't know. 
Kudana, <laughs> I guess that's technically a horn. Oh, oh shit. Hey. But, Nobody wants that. But Donna wouldn't be, Grandma <laughs> wouldn't be. Right. No, that's true. No, yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. I think it's Johnny pretty. could still be the father. It's true, and I, that would be such oh, a cop-out. He could, yeah. he could sign, yeah, scientifically. Right, could, it could like, be. Come on, that's not... Um, some of us have hope, guys. No. Why is it? I do. I'm. I wasn't surprised, honestly, though, that they departed from the Richard Horn plot in this episode. I feel like everything's kind of been every other episode. You get an answer. Well, it's the Lynch. It was like the last Twin Peaks, too. Right. Where it was like we're going to do something over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we got to fill you in on this stuff because we have 17,000 right. plots going yeah, so There's just so, so many in a way, characters. In a way, it is kind of doing what the original series yes, did. When you explain it that way, I mean, that that's does true. Because yeah. it was like, oh, here's an episode just about mill plot. Yeah. Right. I don't care, but oh, you forgot about these guys? Remember the mill plot? Stuff's going on over here, too. Right. I just want to see... Uh, uh, <laughs> Catherine. Yes, Catherine, Catherine Martell. Yeah, she I think is. she is supposed to be. But bad. and that's yeah. the weird thing, and I think that's what makes this yeah. series more interesting. Is in Waiting. Twin Peaks, you knew right away what was the Mill plot and what was the Laura Palmer plot. Like the A plot and B plot were pretty clear. You were like, oh, these characters are involved. Then I don't need to pay attention. This is the time to go to the bathroom. This series, we don't really know. Like, it's like it's do I need to worry about the Mitchum brothers? Do I not? I don't know. You know, like, everyone could be important, and we have no clues, so everything has to be paid attention to, and that's stressful. You, you but have to go back to your first viewing of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Go back in time I mean, to how you yeah. felt. You can't just jump into this <laughs> fucking series. No, you cannot. Which we've mentioned before, but I know. it's just like. Which is so different. every time. (laughs) Like, think about how much... It it really speaks to how much respect David Lynch has in the community that he's been allowed to have this project where he's given this massive budget, complete creative control, it feels like. I know there was a period of time where he backed out of the new Twin Peaks. Um, So there must have been some conflict. There always is. But it seems to me like a lot of creative control. Probably episode eight where they're like... Right. What the fuck is this? How much money you're spending on this bomb scene? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the what the we'll whole quit thing was. Last year at a at a certain, a point. certain point, and then Mae Chinamic did this whole. Did you see the? I did. Twin yeah. Peaks of that David Lynch, so good. But like, he's had so much control, and he's been able to, you know, have a series that is like, hey, here's this series that you have to have watched 25 years ago to have any enjoyment in. Like it's true. It really helps. A big ask. I know. It really helps. Um, so right after we get this Gersten Hayward reveal, we have a little scene that I think would be very easy to miss, but that's actually very important, where Maggie, one of my favorite characters, I love her, switchboard operator Maggie, oh. is fielding a bunch of calls from different areas, and she's just answering and saying, someone's on the way, someone's on the way. Right. There was and a lot it's, of 1017s, weren't there? Right. Yes. So... That tells us that there's more activity than usual lighting up the Twin Peaks, um, you know, board, switchboard. switchboard but are, are they all up. calls going to um, that the apartment where Becky shot up? I don't think necessarily. No. Because I think if the, it's a big apartment, a lot of people 
are calling about it, and they're and she's Could telling. Could be, but I don't think that's so. why she knows to say already. They're on their way. No, I think she's... Because well, it could be. And I could be I, I, I could be wrong. Okay. But I... Uh, I just thought it was just a lot of activity. A lot of activity. And she but just... But if she already know. knows they're on the way, that means that... Or that's just her line. Someone's on the way. What else can she really say, you know? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah and we'll find out next time. But I think... I guess we... Just like an IT guy when you have yeah. an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> computer. We'll be right on top of that rose. Right. <laughs> and they're out in the alley smoking yeah. cigarettes. I mean, me, you know. Did you unplug and plug it back in? Did you take the battery out? Did you restart? Are your eyes open? Are you breathing? Like, no. It's like I did all of that before I called you because I right. knew that would be the first thing. Both you browsers? You bet I did. Yeah. I don't know. It could be. But I think the through line we're seeing and that we see later with the double R scene is that there's more and more criminal activity happening. People are freaking out. Shit's going weird. Right. But that scene happened right after she shot the door. That could be. Yeah, very so, well could be. It's true. Yes. So we transitioned then to Buckhorn, South Dakota, and the site, which we had all been speculating about what the site was. We were all wrong. It was the site that William Hastings and Ruth Davenport went to try and get to the zone. So I think I thought it was like the Black Lodge. You guys thought it was the farm. It's all a portal to the Black Lodge, but it's for some reason this portal happens to be in this one spot. It seemed like the attic above the convenience store, possibly. It could very well be. So Uh, Gordon Cole sees the Doug Puzz in the convenience store at one point in this scene. Yeah, the sky starts to swirl when he gets to a certain spot. Right. Yeah. It says season vortex. Season yeah. vortex. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to unpack about this scene. Number one, the different degrees of ability to see Doug Puzz and otherworldliness. So how do we feel about this? What did we observe? I think Albert saw some of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, not, like, the weird vortex. But he saw, like, more than I think anyone else. Right. Diane was a little intuitive. Tammy's just fucking awful. Ugh, so she doesn't was, Even for me, I've been trying. Did so, Bill see the duck puss? No. Well, it was interesting because they showed lots of perspectives, though, yeah. like, yeah. through that scene. Like, you were very consciously, like, seeing what... People were seen right. individually so Mackley, separate the, from each other. The detective Mackley, he didn't see anything. And my right. favorite, Tammy. Tammy didn't see any of the Doug Weird. Right. So if those it, two didn't see anything. Yeah, if it were like um, kind of like a heat map, it'd be like Tammy and Mackley had like zero heat. And like Gordon Cole was like red hot. And then like Albert was maybe the next. Because he saw the Doug putt and he mm-hmm. said... Think there's one in there, or no? Yeah, Goals, Cole said, "Think there's one in there." Albert. So they both saw the Dugpa. He's more of an orange, right? And then Diane's, Diane's more like a yellow. yellow, and then everyone else is. I feel like, yeah, Matthew Lillard because he, he was like can't can't get away from being Matthew Lillard. Right, he's just not a character. He's yeah. always Matthew Lillard. <laughs> it's so weird. And then, but. When they came to kill him, like, he didn't see anyone. I was like, He didn't see, but he sensed. He was getting, like, scared and shaking. But then I also thought that was, like, them, like, attacking his brain. Right. It could be. I feel like he had at least more intuition into that 
think yeah. than Tammy. Tammy and Mackley I mean, were like straight zero. Green, so yeah, maybe he they were able to kill him because he had already gone through the vortex. Yeah, maybe. Why would they just? Why would they even care about him, Bill? Right, like, I don't know. Maybe because he's taking more people there. Yeah, yeah that that's what I was thinking. More, it was. But wouldn't, yeah. it, wouldn't it want to kill all of them? But it could only kill Bill Hastings, though, because he had know. already been in. Right. There. Or he had the knowledge for it, but then. But they all have the knowledge for it now. They right, it's true. And then you think about the black box thing and why those people died, though, too, where they didn't really have any right stake in the game. They were just <laughs> random people that were just there. And I think that's what's what is still mysterious yeah. is Target? what are they protecting? Are they protecting, or what are the Dugpas killing people over? Because this. This scene has, we know this is some sort of portal because Gordon Cole sees it, but, you know, like, is it, And but she has coordinates on her arm and presumably that's why she got killed and the coordinates are not the spot they're at. So, like, it's the fact that they're in one spot talking about another spot makes them someone who's a threat to these unknown entities. It's all yeah. very muddy is essentially <laughs> where we're at yeah. right now. A lot but, of homeless people. Yeah. But I agree with you, Nate, that I really enjoyed the different perspectives. And what was really a great moment of that was when you saw Gordon's perspective and you saw the full, you know, convenience store Doug Puzz, which is directly from Fire Walk With Me. And, like, then it flashes to what the rest of them are seeing. It's just David Lynch right. waving his arms in the air at nothing. And I thought it was such a cool tableau because the way they set this up, it's very dusty. And David Lynch is kind of in that sleek suit with his classic David Lynch hair, waving his arms. And nobody sees what he sees, but everybody believes in what he sees. And it felt to me like a big, this is how we feel about David Lynch, that like (laughs) he has some vision and he's giving these actors literally pages on the day and they're just blindly following him. Because they trust him, and he's got this group that just trusts him and follows him, and he's mm-hmm. the magician. And I really and saw that in the scene. That's they why pulled. Albert is staring. That's why he's got his eye on him so hard. Yeah. yeah. He pulls him out of the. Uh, he starts to like fade in and out. Right. Kind of like when Laura started like shifting up in the first episode into the black line. Right. Like, oh, that's an interesting call. Yeah. What is? Laura's in trouble. That's another thing that they haven't come back to from the first or right. second episode. But she's in trouble. Like, she was, like, in the black room at Black Lodge. Or, and then, like, I think, I still take it to mean could have been, like, freed from her burdens. I don't uh, know. With that scream that she had? No, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. They I, said she's in trouble. They said she's yeah, in trouble. Okay. Though. No, I believe you. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a really interesting, this scene was a cool image. And even with as much as I could not stand Tammy, because it was her most aggressive. I know. And I've I've been the biggest Tammy fan of the group. I've been at least a neutral on Tammy. I haven't had many Tammy rants. But this time, even I couldn't do it. just because I've been doing so well at them. <laughs> you because I fucking hate Tammy. Because why are your legs so far apart? You're so tiny. Like, you're basically right. doing the splits. Well, and like, it's not like you can't be a gazelle woman and not walk or sit. Because, like, Laura Dern is right there next to her. Right. Like, 
They're right. big palazzo pants. Non-obtrusive, right? But like <laughs> right. Tammy, Tammy's like standing with her legs like three yards she's apart. Just, she's like. trying to ooze sensuality and <clears throat> it just doesn't quite feel right for some reason. I don't know. Because she's not sensual looking either. Like she can't pull it off. She doesn't have the... She's extremely beautiful, no doubt, but... But she's yeah, more of like one of those cute statuesque, like put me in a pretty dress and let me just stand still. She's a beautiful like, singer, and I still try to feel like sway my hips. Yeah, but it's just basically my hip bones that are moving. I do feel like she's misused because she's a beautiful singer. I would love to see her be in like a bang bang bar scene, but now we can't do that because she's Tammy, so yeah. she can't be like a singer. Her <laughs> hair could use a lot of body too. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Like, um, if you yeah. gonna be sexy, you have to like. Really own it. Let I mean, try. I would expect some crispy bangs or <laughs> a little like some Donna hair. Right. <laughs> At least a little volume. Right. Uh, one thing interesting: we this address is twenty two forty Sycamore. Come on, David Lynch. <laughs> this episode, David, I'm gonna throw out there. You're making the number theory real obvious, and it's almost sloppy. Well, it's. I don't know. Maybe it's those people. Well, I don't know. Take the number, but it's the well. Sycamore the Grove, we all know, street. is well. It was Glastonbury Grove, but with sycamore trees is where right. Cooper goes to enter the Black Lodge. And duh. <laughs> <laughs> just push my glasses up Obvious. on my nose, listeners. But so Sycamore, we definitely know, and then two two divided by two. So many two things going on. Yeah. We pivoted from threes to twos somehow. It was all about threes. Now it's all about twos. But, oh, go ahead, mate. Oh, no. I was going to segue into the next scene where they... The best scene. Who was it who saw it first? Um, The... What the boob like kind of floating <laughs> above the grass like at the I tail end? Were I we done talking about I, the portal? Or? I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think no, it was Gordon. Cool. Gordon. What the hell no, happened, no. Mackley? Oh wait, no, that no, was no, that was yeah, Matthew Lillard. Well, yeah, we skipped Ruth being dead. There was a lot that happened in that. I know. Like, five. Five right after Gordon sees the portal, and Albert pulls him away from the portal. Yeah. They see the boob. Right, yeah. they see the boobs. That has no nipple. It's, no nipple. I mean, it has a nipple, but it's a, such a faint nipple. I don't think it's realistic. I was happy I to see she had a lovely, voluptuous, curvaceous body, and that's nice to see. Yeah, but I was very pleased with that. <laughs> Stop staring at the fake boobs, though. Like, true, true. <laughs> These were not real. No, they were. Well, but I mean, what's I hope my boobs look that good when I what, die a headless corpse. I'm, I'm not trying. <laughs> like I'm not trying to be dumb, but was it? Plastic surgery or rigor mortis? That's my question. I feel like it has to be plastic surgery. They don't like become even when you die. Do they pop up? Are there any theories on who we think this headless woman? Oh, this is Ruth the librarian. It's Ruth the librarian. Oh, it is. Yeah, Yeah, because we found her head. We just lost her body. in bed with. That's right. Wow. I'm just I'm just playing along for the. People we're, listening. So we're that. missing Major Briggs's head. Yeah, right. That's Although we saw it missing. floating past uh, Coop. Coop. Right. In the in, in the fifteen turned three <laughs> portal. Yeah. 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 Wow. With mother. Right. Banging on the door. With mother. Yeah. With a yes. So oh man. Coordinates. And then we do get yes. So Hastings dies after seeing Ruth, his lover. 
And because the Dugpa enters the, the police car, car yeah. his head explodes in the same way <laughs> as Tracy and Sam's head explodes. Did I look those n- names up before the podcast? Sure, I did. From, <laughs> from the nanny. From the first episode. Yeah. From the first episode. So was this actually, we got some callbacks from the first episode. Tom went to the Black Lodge, but he was wondering when these callbacks would happen. Part 11 is the answer. <laughs> come um, back to it. Yeah, we come back to same type of murder. But that also came back the last time when we saw Evil Coop with the black box as True. if he was. That's fair. Yeah. And then we know that they kill in a similar manner. Right. So Nothing's an accident. Like, there's no, there's no accidents here. Yeah. And I love my favorite coal line is, what the hell happened, Magley? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Cole, every line Gordon Cole Whoa. says could be on a t-shirt. Like, he's just a treasure. He's priceless. It's wonderful. Yeah. So that's, that's 2240 Sycamore. Then we transition to the double R and what I like to call Briggs Family Therapy, <laughs> which listeners who have followed us on this kooky journey will remember that we watched a similar scene with Bobby and Major Briggs oh. and Betty. Was Mama Briggs there? Mama there Briggs. Was one time where Mama Briggs was there, another yeah. time where it was just Major Briggs. I right. realized you yeah. continue in a disinclination to engage. Yeah. A pop, like, it was that scene. Yeah. With, yeah. It was like Bobby and Mama and Papa in the double R booth talking about Bobby's attitude. And lo and behold, 25 years later, we have... Mama and Papa Briggs, Shelly and Bobby talking to their daughter about her attitude. And I love it. And it just really filled me with joy. Because for some reason, Becky got Bobby's weird cocaine habit, which is upsetting. And then (laughs) Shelly's love for guns and love for men who (laughs) want to hit her. Or also have drug problems of their own. Right. So just generally badass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They like rebels. I think Shelly's trajectory that we see here is that she likes the rebellious bad boy Bobby. She doesn't like responsible Deputy Briggs. <laughs> and that's true. probably what happened because I love Deputy Briggs. I think he's so, so I'm a, such a team Bobby and such a crossover because you guys know I did not like Bobby in the original series. No, oh, I love him now. Remember when I love he killed him. that guy? Yeah, let's bring that back often. Because Bobby Bobby killed killed a guy. (laughs) Can't reiterate that enough, Bobby. We just forget about it. He seems delightful now. Like, he's just become a wonderful man. I love the way he (laughs) deals with Becky. I don't know. I'm a huge Bobby fan these days. And if Laura is the one, Bobby is the two. Because everything is revolved around Bobby. Like, this whole... Because of his closeness with Laura. Right. Yeah, it's very interesting. I know. And he killed a guy. Also, fun (laughs) fact, the R&R has a to-go window. If you go to the side of the building, because that's what's on the... Listeners, Pat and I were there. We can attest to that being truth. And the, the brown mug that Norma keeps picking up and putting down so many times for no reason, that's what their mugs look like there. There, it's all so accurate. That place is super, super, like now, that is literally what that place looks like. It's crazy. Because Norma just stands around. Judging look, and watching. Judging and watching. <laughs> She's got a lot. Looking like Rashida Jones. Yeah. From Parks and Rec. So, 
<laughs> yes, that she's Rashida Jones' mama. Um, so a lot of stuff happens in this little sweet Briggs family scene. We see um, Becky kind of almost coming down from this weird experience, and she's going back and forth about divorcing Stephen, and she said he's good inside, which I thought was an interesting kind of Pixie reference. Um, and then I, I love um, Machen Amick's the best crier. She's the cutest crier in the world. No, she doesn't ugly cry. She, just she like doesn't. Cries. She's so cute. Like she's like, I love you, Norma. I can't do it because I'm an ugly crier. Like I'm a more Claire Dane style crier. Oh, I was no. just gonna say Claire Danes. Like, <laughs> where would you put ugly crying on the Claire Danes? Where like, <laughs> right. a yeah. ten is Claire Danes. Yeah, right, I'm like right there. I'm like a nine and a half. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. I just go. No, really you're a very red. cute crier. No, Melissa, you're a cute crier. Not when I ugly cry. Like, <laughs> there's holding it in crying where you're like... There's polite crying and then there's like snotting. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Right. I think Shelly is the cutest crier, though. And she makes the cutest little crying voices. Like, oh my god. And I love when she says, we're your parents and we just don't want to lose you. I feel like that moment is a reference to Laura... You know, because she and Bobby look at each other, and then um, Norma looks at Becky in this kind of meaningful way. It's like, that would stick with you if you had this horrific murder happen of a classmate when you were young, that you would feel like, you know what, I should be a pretty protective parent because my classmate got murdered. Right. And she just got tossed off a hood. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Three hours before, four hours. her ex-husband before Bobby was... Leo, Leo, who mm-hmm. somehow got lost. Right. Yeah, we don't know what happened to Leo. We don't know no if Leo's dead <laughs> yeah. also. He could That's be back. That's true. He could be back. He could just randomly Please show up. Please don't let him be. There's only <clears throat> seven episodes left, and I don't want to devote time to Leo. I'm just saying... No, personally, like, I don't need any Leo time. I'm, I'm vaguely curious where if you wanted to post some fanfic, I'd read it, but I don't need time devoted... So, <laughs> if I was a kid and threw my mom off the hood of the car, like I, she, I would be here today. Like I would have to back over her to make sure I finish the job because at that point, like it's one person or the other. But you, but she isn't a kid though. She's an adult. She's like a twenty-five-year-old like, right, woman. Married, you're a grown married, married woman. grown woman who did like, that. So <laughs> she can't just when like, your mom comes this weekend. If you happen to yeah. swing her from a car, like. What would happen then? That'd be really <laughs> fun. It'd be a fun weekend. Yeah, Farmer's yeah. market and then just car swinging. <laughs> Mom, you hold on as tight as you can. I'm just going to drive. I'm going to drive. Yep. I'm going to do some Yui's. <laughs> guys, <laughs> I'm about to blow your mind because I'm going to bring this whole red theory full circle. The gentleman caller that Shelly is seeing, his name is Red. The drug dealer. Oh, the red. Right. Yes. Yes. Isn't that amazing? We haven't thought about that before. So red is like the evil color. Okay. Gingers are an abomination of nature. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I don't actually think that. I just want to say that for the two gingers who might be listening. I know almost every episode I (laughs) rag on gingers. (laughs) To be fair, this episode had a lot of gingers. Just saying. But. This character, his name is Red, he's the drug kingpin, he's the new Bobby, like he's the new Bobby because he's more like the old Bobby, 
and looks like the he's got Bobby. better he's right. got better magic than the uh, old Bobby. Right. right. And I think the fact that his name is Red just insinuates bad. Like he's not <laughs> good. Obviously, I mean he's a he's a he makes Richard Horn seem sweet in the scene where they interact together. So yeah, that's not a good so thing. So we find out he intimidates Richard Horn. Right. Yeah. He's the one guy who's intimidated Richard Horn. And it's just so weird fun. how when Shelly runs out to see him, it's like she high lights school up. makeup. She lights, like, she lights up. Yeah, after, she really does. Yeah, she yeah. forgets that her child is going through something. And Bobby. Yeah. Like, Bobby's watching her, and he does look so sad. And Becky, like, so watches sad. him looking so sad. sad, and then mm-hmm. it with just... bugged out red eyes. Well, and I thought, too, with... with Becky getting to the red and, and Becky's eyes. And I just thought, like, <clears throat> Segway, like, you know, they're making all these live-action Disney movies, and I thought that, like, <laughs> she would make a perfect Little Mermaid because it's very representative of what high-pressure diving would have on Amazon's skull. This is all verifiable about, like, fact, by the way. What's it for Red and Stimpy? Who's the dog? Ren? Ren. Yeah. Is when his eyes got real swollen yes. and red. That's like her. I mean, they're trying like to show us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she does kind of look like a chihuahua. But what's weird is, like, <laughs> even in the scenes where she's not high, her eyes are really red. I just, I mean, her eyes are extremely large. Now that you bring it up. <laughs> they're very give me the precious. <laughs> precious, precious, give me the precious eyes. <laughs> oh my God, crossover. God. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that I did. Yeah, that that is a term that I've heard used before. So <laughs> before anybody calls me out on that, yeah, she does have gollum eyes. She does. It's <laughs> funny because good. I know it's Amanda good. Seyfried was one of the first actors that was rumored to be involved with Twin Peaks publicly. And when they said that, I was like, "Oh, she's going to be Annie and Cooper's daughter." Like, just that was mm-hmm. kind of my first impression. I but could see that. I love that David Lynch was like, oh, Annie? No, that never happened. Sorry, guys. We're just going to skip that. She went back to the convent. Yeah. After that experience, she dipped her hand in a relationship and she got thrown into the Black Lodge. Yes. The gas leak episodes, he definitely just pretends did not happen. Like, none of that stuff has come back at all. So (laughs) then a uh, bullet flies through the double R. And I have a question. So, like, when... The stray bullets come through your window. Do you shut all the lights off? I actually thought that was an interesting choice. So Norma right. yells, shut the lights off. I thought that was some commentary on how we're in an, an age now where we all, I don't know about you guys at your building, but we do like terrorist attack drills and stuff like that. You do not. <laughs> okay. It could be part, part of it. Do you turn uh, off? Not at my current job, but my old job. Did we you did. guys yeah. turn off the lights? It was like, yeah, it was a, it was a arm shooter alert yeah. drills. Yeah. So they can't see you. As right, well. you turn off yeah, the lights, sure. and they had us all going into a central location to be easier to kill in one spot, where all the executives were supposed to go into their offices. So it was like, let huh. the plebs run into the cafeteria, and the executives be safe. The executives I had a location story. where the executives put it. <laughs> My friend works in like a government position where they had like a mass shooter. And she's like, you're supposed to run unless you can't run and then you just hide. You don't make a move. You don't try to save anyone. You just hide. <clears throat> right. I thought it was a commentary on the different like times that. we live in. Yeah. That like if that had happened at the double R in the original Twin Peaks, it would just have been chaos. 
Now it was like, turn off the lights. Everyone is prepared. Like, we're prepared for mass shootings now, which is sad. And that was kind of what I took from that moment. I think it was on purpose. Yeah, Yeah. there's been a lot of social commentary, I think, kind of strewn about the series so far. Yeah. 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 I think that we all kind of think in the sense of, like, something bad or apocalyptic now. It's kind of like like being prepared. I met the woman on the first floor when I was coming in today. Finally, I introduced myself to her, and she has a dog. And you know, I thought, like, I'm glad that I got to meet her because if the apocalypse happens, <laughs> apocalypse happens, she'll let me in so I can eat her dog. Oh, I always more think about how your cat is going to eat us, like, 30 minutes after My we're cat? dead. Yeah. Oh, your yeah. cat will not wait. She's, She's talked now. about that. Yeah. He's too old. No, I'm cat. pretty sure that my death involves your cat eating He's hungry a lot. I know. He's my arch nemesis. We don't have to get into it, but there is an understanding between He's aging a lot faster than me and Nate's are, cat. So winning. <laughs> he has a love-hate relationship with me. He hates me because <laughs> he's still hoping she dies first. Right. I'm the maybe primary female scent he ever smells. Right. But loves me because I occasionally bring him the wet food. Right. So he's confused. Generally when I come around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he'll gnaw on my corpse. <laughs> So there's a shot in the double R. Um, we all, it, it, this whole sequence I thought was incredibly disturbing, not least of all because that is exactly how that street looks. Like that is Snoqualmie on that corner. Yeah. Pat and I were there. Yeah, we went yeah. to that brewery right where they had the zombie girl was right by right. the brewery. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was a delightful brewery. <laughs> Snoqualmie, was. you haven't started sponsoring us yet, but we would love to come and, Stay it was with you like again. That place was the brewery was more like their bang bang bar. It was. It was really. It was because it was kind of out of the way, yeah. and it was the one brewery in Snoqualmie, and it was very <clears throat> cute. Anyway, yeah. So but. Bobby runs out. We we have this kind of chaotic scene where there's a minivan and a ginger couple and their son who is not a ginger. The father and son are both in camo, and the son oh. has just shot a gun. And it was because it was in the back of the car. Yeah. The mother's kind of screaming in the typical David Lynn shrewish wife way. But in this case, I think she's justified that the, the dad apparently just left a left loaded his gun, gun in, in there, the back yeah. seat with their child. But what's really disturbing is that the child is just like staring at Bobby in this pure evil way. He doesn't give zero Yeah, fucks. like he knows yeah, what he's talking about. He's like, yeah, I know I just did. I know I just did. I meant right, to do sorry, it. I missed. Yeah, I about I have it. to. Can't do Cop. shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just this innocent child. Yeah. With a creepy look. It's America. Yeah, he's <laughs> really creepy. He kind of reminds me of David Lynch's son, who played the magician, like being like, creepy creamed corn boy. Like, he likes to do scary fat people Super creepy kids, mm-hmm. and then yeah. women who just nag and nag. Well, and we nag. get to a creepy fat lady who yeah, just is exactly. screaming, yes. uh, getting home or getting to some place. Trying to get home, about? right? That Why was... is this happening? So her uncle's going to be here. Yeah, he's she's joining just us, flipping out. She's we got Dang miles it. to go. Her screaming right. was worse sick. than the zombie drool scene that followed. Yeah. Right. Her, her uh, daughter may, presumably yeah. um, starts she insane, like, lifting up like it's a horror movie and right. starts spewing out some sort of like 
clear vomit or something. It was, like, oh, it was like, like green. Yeah. Right. Oh, greenish. Yeah. So I thought this was really disturbing and weird, but what I took from this scene was like another instance of something really over the top horrible happening to someone and nobody is responding to it appropriately. Like yeah. there's something off in the world. Right. Like yeah. every like Bobby is so frozen in shock and fear at this girl and it's it's uncharacteristic like something's going on but it's also this continuing message with like Dougie and Candy of like we just ignore each other. You know, and like this girl couldn't be more blatantly needing help and here's a police officer and he's just staring at her and doing nothing. I mean, it does say something about the world today because it is a lot of that where it's like, right. I know I should help, but I just don't know what to do. I'm so alienated from everyone around me because, you know, it's just like a very, it was really disturbing on so many levels on the one level. I mean, we just had this morning, we uh, tried to get on the Metra and there had been a jumper and it was delayed. The very fact that I can call it a jumper shows that we're way too desensitized. (laughs) And then I'm like, you know, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't a jumper. She was crossing the could. I don't know. We don't know that it just hit a pedestrian. The train just hit a pedestrian. Yeah. I saw it on the news where it was like, she was crossing the tracks and got hit. Oh, like, was it accidental? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Usually, yeah. see, I just assume it's yeah. a suicide because of, right. typically it is. Yeah. Usually, it's like a Friday at four thirty-five o'clock when some asshole is going to commit suicide. <laughs> <and ruin laughs> night. But that's exactly I what I was going to say. say like, yeah, in the morning yeah. usually is uh, <laughs> when you're all done with work and you just want to get on the train and go yeah. home and you find out. Well, that's when the this most trains are, so right? So it makes sense why <laughs> that's the fair. volume that's is a lot more during rush hour than it is off rush <laughs> hour. Like, you have to really make an effort. This is like, let me think about, not this train. This train's not good enough. This next one. I mean, I would feel like, I guess some people don't think about it, but I would feel like if I did that, I would be making a conscious decision to, like, Screw up everybody's right. No, I know. Friday and like night. my point that you are beautifully proving. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> totally desensitized. Right. Oh yeah. To these big things. Like yeah. this is like this one woman's just so annoyed that her dinner plans are ruined by like someone almost losing their life. And I was the same way this morning. Not annoyed, no. but like you know, we do that. Like that's human nature. But it's like heightened right now. It's just like this yeah. intense state. Because I drive to work, and sometimes if I'm stuck in traffic, I go, "Someone better be dead up there." Because why is this taking me so right. fucking long right. to move twelve miles? Like I just want to move, and it's like someone. <laughs> there better be an accident. There better be someone severely hurt. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> Oh my god! And then you kind of, and then once you see a truck or like an ambulance go by, you're like, "Ooh, sorry, but good, good." <laughs> There's a reason behind it, right? I know. So anyway, that was <laughs> very so bleak. We're bleak. horrible people, we are. but besides that, and that just cool. shows you, yeah. So that's my we, influence on you all. I'm it's sorry. true. Your charms don't work on the cold of heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. We get back to Sheriff's Department. We've yes. got Truman and Hawk. Lots of pictures. This is a great scene. <laughs> My favorite quote from this scene is about um, Hawk's map. 
He goes, it's very old, but always current. I felt like that was David Lynch putting in a little joke about himself. Like, I'm very old, but I'm always current. Oh, And it was I very was not cute. Even about that. Not I that David Lynch, you're not magically. very old. You're just a little bit old. You know, like it happens to everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> always current. And uh, so Hawk has this old map that's always current. It's showing, it corresponds to where Major Briggs told them to go, which is Blue Pine Mountain, where his station was, and... We get a fire and dead court stock. Yes, which is Garmin Bozia. So Truman asks about what what is the fire symbol, and Hawk says it's like modern-day electricity, which I thought was interesting because... um, Maybe because we've been watching with the subtitles, but we There's constantly get electricity cackling, electricity yes. humming. Um, and that's when you know something's happening. Exactly. Ominous music. Ominous. Ominous music. Ominous. When that comes up, like, you can kind of, <laughs> yes. you know something's like, oh, shit's going down today. Yeah, this like, is probably attention. my favorite scene because we got, um, you know, they... Like, Truman is seeing this fire on the map, and he says, what's this campfire? And Hawk says, uh, it, it's not really a campfire. And, and Truman says, is it good? And Hawk says, it depends on the intention yeah. of the, the person, which I think is a really clear nod to, like, Cooper and the, the two Coopers. Like, both Coopers have a fire. You know, there's evil Cooper who has the black fire, which we find out is the kind of combination of Garmin Bozia and fire. fire because they show on his map diseased corn, which I was like, oh, you know what that is. Come on, David Lynch. And then, um, yeah, they show this black fire. So there's this whole kind of fire walk with me reference, mm-hmm. obviously, because they're yeah. literally where you're going, there's fire. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool scene. We get a lot of payoffs. We get the... What looks like kind of a bastardized owl cave symbol. That it's more of a circular yeah, symbol. Yeah, it looks like more spidery than owlish. It's more, yes. right. it's more like a fat owl, like a super fat yeah. owl. So it's like a big circle with tiny little... It's, it's got to be deliberately different because it does look yeah. different. Mm-hmm. But it's close enough. Well, we haven't seen this one before. I'm not sure. We might have... I think we saw it on the slip that... Um, uh, yes, it was on that slip that yeah. uh, Major Briggs had in the bullets. Right, but not uh, on like maybe it's in a, the past. Maybe it's a different location because we know there's multiple portal right. locations. Right, right. So. so maybe Could this be. is just... I don't know. Yeah. So they're going to go to Blue Pine Mountain. There's this symbol. And I love that um, when Frank asks about it, Hawk just says, you really don't want to know about that. Like, yeah. I'm not going like, to tell you about uh, that. It's a whole thing. And Jesse comes to show his car to <laughs> Truman. I love that. It's like, do you want to see my new car? I know. I feel like they're bringing in Jesse for something, though. Yes, like, and Jesse's I don't had think some weird moments, too. Yeah, he's had some weird, like... They, he was my PTSD candidate guy. Right. In the, he was also at the, uh, the scene in, of the gunshot, and he was like, right. I was at Big Ed's... Gas farm. Yeah, and I, I feel heard like a shot. Yeah, is they're sending an extra him like pause He's onto him. Like, don't forget about pay this attention. Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's important. Well, Margaret also calls the log lady 
Um, and she, of course, nails everything, knows everything, uh, that they're going to the fire. My log is afraid of fire. Right. <laughs> my big thing that I noticed in there's this scene fire was where that... You are going. Which is the, yeah, description, there's fire where you are going. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the first time, to my recollection, that Hawk, like, thanks her. Because he says, um, thank you, Margaret. <laughs> and I don't think he ever does that. <laughs> Like, they always are thinking of her as some kook, but she really does know everything. But I feel like in this this season, they don't. Because it's right. Hawk certainly, Hawk right. certainly doesn't. Right. And, like, that. Hawk knows, like, what she's saying is true, but it's, right. like, because she speaks in rhymes. Right. Like, he needs to really dissect it, and he's probably like, I am the only one. Doing any of the police work. <laughs> As <laughs> always. God damn it. Fine, Margaret. Fine. Keep I'll look at my heritage and see what the <laughs> fuck is there that I'm missing. Just tell me. <laughs> I have they to know. decode messages all the time. Can't your log just speak in complete sentences <laughs> with a your little log more detail? Is so fucking cryptic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so we get back to Buckhorn Sheriff's Department and we have... I love, it's a great tableau of Diane, Albert, and Cooper sitting in this super sheriff's, like, I'm Cooper. Cole. I've been calling Cole Cooper every once in a while. It's bad. Because he's the one that we have to relate to now. Yes, you're right. Yes. You're totally right. I have been just, like, making that mistake a lot. It's weird Cole. that Gordon's Lynch is making himself. Gordon calls the new, yeah, right. the Coops. You're totally right. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's Cole. He's um, a pretty big. He's a lot bigger part than what I expected. And so. I don't dislike it at all. I yeah. think he's great. No, because we can relate to him, and we know that he has the real Coop in his heart. Yeah. So like, he's a we good love guy. him. And because we're stuck with fucking Dougie nonstop, right. which we'll get into. Yes. But we trust Cole completely. Like, I believe everything Cole says. I never have any doubts about his... a little narcissistic. He might be a little bit. He did bring Tammy in, which was sort of dumb. But she wears a lace shirt to work? What? It was a lace peplum shirt, too. I thought it was very cute. If it wasn't lace, it'd be totally work appropriate. But <laughs> Right. If it was like a blouse. Agreed. But it wasn't. Um, so he's, so his, bring the coffee, Tammy. Right. <laughs> the... The only thing, because you look I, like a story. Right, and she even inter- interrupts a reveal, because Cole says cat on a hat to the roof, because his hand is shaking, which... Which, yes, happens in the original series, before major events happen, like when, uh, yeah. when Annie is abducted, like, right before that, everyone, like, a whole bunch episode, of characters... Like, a bunch yeah. of their hands were shaking. And it might have happened before that as well, but I, yeah. that was bef- right before Annie was abducted. And maybe in Fire Walk like, With Me, too. It's like a precursor to something happening. Yeah, it happened to, like, uh, Pete. Right. It happened to uh, Cooper and probably right. a few other people that happened to. And this is the scene where we shake. get a more solid sense of the fact that they've kind of forgotten about this interaction with the dead paws and the portal and they start to remember it piecemeal throughout this scene. So yeah. it's it's Gordon and Albert and Tammy and Mackley and they're sitting having coffee and donuts talking and they're looking at Ruth Davenport's arm picture with the numbers and at first they have no recollection of the dead paws and then it kind of starts with like, oh, there was that guy and then it was like, oh, I saw this then I saw that and the only two who are consistently saying I didn't see anything are Mackley and Tammy. 
even Diane, she starts to say she saw something, then she backs backtracks. Right. <clears throat> so because she's in with, we know that Diane has a shady. Right. She's, she's in with she's, evil coop. Yeah. Because she's trying like, to memorize the coordinates. She's trying right. to memorize coordinates. And, and then Albert's watching her. Albert's with, like, watching squinty her. Squinty eyes. Like, yeah. we know. And then make sure. as uh, and she's like, what make, make sure that she knows that he knows. Right. Exactly. So that there's some, really like, chess. Moment. I guess there's some chess moves going <laughs> yeah. on right like, here. We know. Something <laughs> shady's going on with you, Diane. But we're watching you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. I mean, she doesn't try to, like, because Albert could absolutely call her out, but he doesn't. No, so. he lets her see it, which yeah. I didn't catch the first time I saw it. I was like, why would you let him? Right. Why would you He's let her watch her, her like, watch sussing that, her out? He wants her to. Because that's what we were going to keep an eye on her. That's what yeah. they said the last right. time. Yep, yep. Yeah, I love when Cole's like, he looked like a homeless man. Like, just <laughs> describing the zombie coal mine. Like, I wanted him to almost be like, he looked like a zombie coal miner. <laughs> like, I felt like that was... Yeah, good. that's... Uh, I thought the same thing. It's so weird. Did you say that when we were watching? I, it's just kind of been yeah, in our zeitgeist as a group. It's like a weird zombie homeless man. Yeah, it I call it no, it has a very coal miner. So random. Scratch yeah. that. Scratch no. that from the record. But I did think that subconsciously. It's true. They are. With a little hat. Yeah. <laughs> and then my absolute favorite line, he says, Now I remember I saw them in a room. I saw the bearded men. Dirty bearded <laughs> men in a room. Dirty bearded men. Yeah. yeah which is like, Cole suddenly remembers everything. And the way they shot that, it, David Lynch is looking right at the camera as he's saying this. And I was telling Pat from my rewatch, I noticed that this is going to be like a stay with me here. But in the first one armed (laughs) man scene, which is the first red room scene at all, he literally explains what the Doug Puzz are very clearly. (laughs) Like he's like, we were there. We were on top of a convenience store. We like the eat. Like he literally spells it out. And then he says, I mean it like it sounds. Like it was. And like that line, I mean it like it sounds like it was, it has really resonated with me because I think that's where we are with this series where like they will spell out what something is, but it's so tripped out that we like don't believe that's real. Right. And then it'll be like, can you hear me, Hawk? Can you hear me? This is the reality of what we're talking about. Like this is the answer. Right. You want answers? I'm going to spell it out for you clearly, but you won't even take it because it's so surreal. And so, like, I love when Gordon just literally says, I saw them. I saw them in a room on top of a convenience store. Like, literally, that's what it is. Don't try and figure it out. They're just <laughs> literally on top of a convenience store with their dirty beards. <laughs> and that's a duck bun. That's your new home now. Pat, how do you feel about beard <laughs> rep- representation in this series? Uh, so far, it's not so positive. No. This is painting a poor light on bearded men. There's a negative beard stereotype <laughs> that bearded men are dirty Al- and crazy. Although the one-armed man has a beard, and he's right? a good guy, so maybe not necessarily meaning, maybe he's not meaning to be beard negative, but... <laughs> it's a beard negative. It's a beard negative series. All right, deep breath, Dougie time. Battling Bud 
Mullins. Bud Mullins, Bushnell Bud. <laughs> it just never has a boss had more trust in his employee. Though. He loves Dougie. He now. loves Dougie. Loves him. Totally trust him. <laughs> Phil Bisbee lures Dougie into his office with the coffee, which is no, which right means there. that Dougie still has big mental health I issues. Know. Come on, people! Like this they can't see it. That this is part of the the. The message here, I think, is that right. Coop hasn't fully returned, so people can't fully realize that he's got a problem. Or right. The first week, realize. you would ignore it. Like, right. In all honesty, you would be like, someone's up with so-and-so. Unless we're to believe that Dougie was this close to incompetent before. But he was kind of like a sleazeball. No, we saw him. Yeah, I guess he was normal. He wasn't in... Coherence. Right. Nate, you Before, said, because so. you had taken a little vacay from watching. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, my biggest, I, I think I took, I, I have missed two episodes that I've sort of watched, but not directly watched from beginning to end and coming back in before I went back and reviewed those episodes. My biggest disappointment was that Dougie was still Dougie. I was kind <laughs> right. of hoping maybe yeah. he would snap out of that. I know, it's hard. We're like I, over halfway through, right? And he's yeah. still Dougie. Uh, and now I don't believe that he will. Right. I don't, I don't know that he will. I think he, I still think he will because we are seeing, he is sounding more and more. He's having more and more certain, coherent moments. Yeah. But Maybe he will at the very this, end or. Yeah, the last, at least the last few episodes. And I get it, but part of me gets annoyed because it's only cherry pie and coffee. And it's these tropes that he had when he came into Twin Peaks. But it was like, didn't he have like a, like 35 years of like not being in Twin Peaks that maybe something might have jogged his memory is just all the Twin Peaks stuff. I understand it's the only thing. That we know him for, but like <laughs> something has to have. He has to have some memory besides just cherry pie and good coffee, like right. something. And, it's and a, like, yes, right. it's badges, and that right. he can kill a man with his bare hands, like we saw with Spike, if we needed to. But yeah. it really kind of irks me that it's just like he loves cherry pie so much because of <laughs> Twin Peaks. Right. He did have a light yeah. yeah, I mean I think it's for me it's a purely selfish reason. I just want Kyle McLaughlin as special agent Dale yeah, Cooper. Right. I agree. And that's it's you, need I, it. I you don't that. get that anywhere really. No, you don't. You don't get it in a flashback, you don't get it anywhere. And I just want to see that. And I right. hope we get a couple episodes at least with the old exuberant like, that character is just so incredible. Yeah. I just right. love Coop. I mean, I love Coop. I mean, he's the central character that kind of yeah. gels everything together. And right. It's sad. We we're missing him. him. We're, like, longing for him and missing him, and it's hard. Evil Coop's pretty fun, though. Evil Coop is fun. It's a good time. Um, you know who deserves <laughs> some kudos? Tan is <laughs> Once you're tan, that equals evil. Um, I know. It means that you're ready to party. All times. <laughs> Bushnell Mullins, Dougie's boss, does like an exposition machine in this scene. He explains everything <laughs> and he explains it really well. And I actually think like it was really well done. 
the way he like yeah. explains the whole Mitchum brothers and everything with Kyle McLaughlin just drooling. And he has to do literally the heavy lifting. And he does a great job. So I really like that. Guaranteed, I, I bet that's part of like the whole argument with David Lynch and the producers about. Like having what, this exposition having person. These, yeah, these Could be that David Lynch was like, we don't need this. Let's just yeah, have Yeah. Because yeah. he explains that was, that everything. That was the compromise that they put in these expositions. And, but, I mean, maybe it's just a kudos to the actor, but he didn't, he made it seem like this is just the type of person who over-explains things to people. Mm-hmm. And, like, it That's didn't true. feel like this That's was an exposition. Too, yeah. it's, it felt like a boss who's just real explaining. And I loved, I loved, too, that this, he's a good boss, except for putting him clearly in harm's way. <laughs> with, like, you, you know, normally so it wouldn't might be gangsters. Right. But... $30 million check right. you're going to give them, even though they can kill them. Go to Santino's, huh? Oh, you're going to like that, Santino's. Dougie. Yeah. <laughs> the Bushnell Double Down. Yeah, it was great. We don't need to understand any of that, but needless to say, Bushnell took care of it. <laughs> he connected Dougie. Oh, the insurance plot. Yeah, <laughs> the insurance plot. That was like the mill plot, oh, yeah, as it should have been. Mm-hmm. A 30-second explanation. Right. By an old man. I guess Not we do kind of two seasons of I still need a, a, a Bushnell Mullins explanation of the mill plot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! If Bushnell Mullins sat in an easy chair in front of a fire, opened up a book, and explained the mill plot to you, how much would you love that? We need a Doug from uh, 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 Tops of Cards in the bathtub. Yes. Did you guys see that? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, House so of Cards side character Doug Stamper. I forget the actor's name. Damn it, he's wonderful. I love him. But he explains the plot in a bathtub with a glass of wine. It's beautiful. It's so good. So um, we we cut to the Mitchums. Who Mitchums? Mitchums? I do this I wrong. Do Mitchums. Just want to Mitchums. Point out it's that not. It's M I T C H. Mitchums. But I want to point out first while Boss and Dougie are chatting, Bill Mitch. Mullins, Tony's peeking in the window, being like, "Oh yeah, oh, Tony's such Tony a was asshole. told the Mitchums like, dude, this guy fucked you over, so you're gonna right. want to kill him. Dude. Oh yeah, you're gonna want to kill him. That's right, he was. Well, I heard he was, all about Tony. Was he, like, was he was peeping. He was peeping. The and then when they drove to Santino's, which is really the middle of the <laughs> desert, the first. Cooper sees the red room and has to go into a coffee shop. Yep. And then comes out with a box. Yes. And a the, ginormous, ginormous. We don't know what's in there. Right. Like, in there. It harkens to what's in the box, Gwyneth Paltrow's Very head. Gwyneth yes. Paltrow. Yes. Was also in the desert or something. Yeah. Her head's yeah. in the box next to like a jade egg. Spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big... What movie is that? Seven? Okay, seven. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did David Lynch write seven? No. (laughs) But, spoilers, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. (laughs) Oops. Envy. The pie that he gets is from Sisman's famous coffee. The coffee they all drink, yeah. And it's the same coffee that Tracy brings Sam in New York. It has that Z. Yeah. Um, Which we noticed, I think, right away in, right. in like episode four. Yes, there's also red curtains in the coffee shop, uh, oh, in the really? one that's in their building. 
Wait, we are didn't. you sure that's not part of the vision of uh, no, the no, one no, on no. I double checked. Oh, okay, there's okay. vision curtains and there's real curtains. Okay, okay, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Very nice. <laughs> The Mitchum brothers love Raisin Bran, and we also learned that Bradley Mitchum um, had a dream about killing Dougie, and he just really can't wait to kill that guy. Uh, um, but then, then uh, he finally remembers the candy cut, which I like. The candy yes. cut. The candy <laughs> cut. Yeah. It was all healed. Well, between there, head. we get that weird transitional scene oh, where they're right, driving right, right, from yeah. the buildings. And, um, and it's like this, like, it feels like a girl's, like, romantic comedy slow jam song. (laughs) It's so out of character, because it's like Colby Calais song or something. Right, it's this weird montage of, like, Yeah. He's driving. Coop's having a great time. Las Vegas. (laughs) But it feels like, like, L.A., like, L.A. times, like, I don't know, some sort of, like. Right. It's but so it's a Las Vegas song, but yeah. Viva Las just, Vegas yeah. by Sean Colvin. But I couldn't find the song on Spotify. <laughs> um, so they they do not go to Santino's. They go to the desert. Cooper's and in a can white. Tell the driver's so sad that he yeah. knows what's happening. He's like, hey, red door. Yeah, they know <laughs> each other. They're buds. It's like he pulls into the desert. He keeps looking back like, this isn't Santino's. Yeah, like, that would be not saying anything. Stroke victim. I know, mm-hmm. man. So many stroke victims. It's true, and they just go and go. I like that Dougie's in a white limo, and then the Mitchum brothers are in a black, black limo. Oh yeah. Um, but what I, it's a great, oh, yeah. and actually in this episode, um, Belushi totally grew on me. Like he really <laughs> did totally <laughs> win me over. He, I mean, he does kind of look like a Muppet. Yeah, and so he's like I see, I see. just I mean, very he's... charming and very likable. He's extremely likable. Yeah, he has that Midwest charm that we love. Yes, that we're... Belushi way about him. Yeah, he's we're like, just like, hey guy, you could be my best yeah. friend. Right, that's what <laughs> or it is. You could punch me in the face because <laughs> he seems approachable. Right, and he says there's something in that box, and if that something is is the something in the box, then we can't kill him. So he's telling Rodney, oh, to your point, the can- candy cut is gone. Yeah, the candy, oh, yeah. first of all, they discover, which is in his dream, that the candy cut is gone. So that's one premonition. Where it looks like he's yeah. ripping off a scab, but really it's a band-aid. The <laughs> right. band-aid's flapping in his wind, but it does look like he's taking his skin <laughs> and ripping it off. And being like, are bleeding after this? Right. Well, it's healed. No. And then he says it means he's not our enemy. So I love, too, that Rodney's reaction after Belushi whispers cherry pie in his ear is to, like, pull out his gun, like, cherry pie, no, and charge at the guy, like, full throttle. Um, Because it's a poor box for a fucking cherry pie. (laughs) Right. It's a great box for Gwen Paltrow's head. Absolutely. But a shitty box box for for a pie. I also, I wondered though, like, so the box is so big because in your dreams, you need kind of something big to remember. That's a good point. So he's not going to remember a little box that he's holding, but a big box would be more memorable. Right. So that'll jog your memory more. I just thought they were out of pie boxes. (laughs) They could have been, but yes, that could could be that they were out of pie boxes, (laughs) but that's just part of the, like, 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I think you're onto to something. Kind of. Yeah. Power. That's of, pretty deep. Yeah. It's a really, oh. it's a really oh, cute yeah, reveal yeah. that it's cherry pie, and <laughs> that he has the thirty million dollar check, and Belushi loves him, and he does a happy dance, and everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's adorable. Meanwhile, it's just Dougie. Just Dougie in the background. It could be, right. right yeah. I wonder if, so the next scene they go, I think they go to Santino's. Like, well, we were yeah. going to fake go to Santino's, but. Oh, it probably was. Yeah, I didn't, really think about that. I didn't even think about that. Well, <laughs> like, good, well we all good good yeah, yeah, no, it's really anyway. good. Like, we were going to, like, tell mm-hmm. you we were going there and then kill you, but now let's go. Somehow they find out that Dougie's kid doesn't have a gym set. Right. <laughs> and they're like, I he has no gym set, and Dougie repeats <laughs> that. And then so I love no that. gym set. Is this Dougie's first <laughs> alcohol? Like, he's just, like, drinking champagne? Could be. He seems to enjoy it. Yeah. Seems to enjoy it, but not. But someone has a hand in his fucking glass because right. he's a stroke victim. Right. I guess know. a good question is, I, I didn't get what drink that was they were drinking. I thought it was champagne. Oh, it was just, just like champagne. Like okay. Yeah. Or sherry, maybe. Oh. It where the, Someone's no, watched all the seasons of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think, I actually don't think they were sherry glasses. No, it was champagne. No, it's I think probably, it was champagne because okay. yeah. That makes sense. They just got this $30 million check, and they're super happy right. and they're celebrating. <laughs> yeah. So they're cutting up the pie and drinking champagne. Yeah. Yes. And um, <laughs> interestingly, the music is like this upbeat piano music, and then it changes to like this more somber music, and Cooper is staring at the piano, Which, and I yeah. think the music sort of sounds like Laura's theme. Laura's theme, yeah, it's a light. different version of Laura's theme, yeah. And he's, and he's kind he's of in, like, it. yeah, enraptured with it. And then the lady slot addict and her son Denver, yeah, come in, Mr. Jackpot. I loved, I loved her. Uh, I thought she was great. Good <laughs> for her. She, she and then she out. says, yeah, great line that's like, I hope you realize what a special person you have yeah. here. And they... And she says, I'm... People are starting to, I guess, is like... See him as special. Yeah. And I don't mean it <laughs> in any way, but like, unique, special. But, ooh... <laughs> not special ed? Is that I, what you're saying? Yeah, I not mean, saying? With it's a double on time. Yeah. But I, things that, um, so on our list of things that Dougie Coop says normally, he says, thank you again in, in a normal voice. Um, because uh, the lady slot addict says, I just, I'm glad I got to thank you again. And he says, thank you again in a normal voice. And he says, damn good in a normal voice yes, after trying yes. to pie. And then he had a couple other things that I can't remember. But he had this episode more breakthrough, normal-sounding phrases. So maybe he's coming back. <laughs> but we say that every episode, and then it doesn't happen. So. It's just, if it was less parroting, I think it would be better. Right. Because at least that would give you some indication that there's more there than just right. him sounding normal. Which it doesn't... He sounds normal, but then you can't really catch that. Right. It's like he's still parroting back the last several words you said yeah. to him. No mm-hmm. gym set. Right, right. It's also a good candy scene. Again, mm-hmm. she's still out of it. She's still kind of stroking her chest. and We've never seen a normal candy, though. 
I know. I guess we haven't. But I just find so her normalest candy was when she was sobbing because she hit her <laughs> boss in the face with a remote. Right. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the remote. How can you ever hit, love me again? Yeah. Yeah. That I felt was the most normal candy because she was more with it. Like shit, I just fucked up. Yeah. But this is all like. Look over there. Oh, and at the... Right, yeah. And she's... I wonder, too, if she... What she meant by, um... There was so much traffic on the strip. There were cars everywhere. Like, if that was literally correct or not. Right. And as we commented while we were watching, when we saw the Dougie scene of, like, we're driving, we're driving, traffic's not too bad, everything's pretty clear, like... Yeah, so did, there wasn't a lot of traffic. Did the driver right. mention something about the lucky, where you, you rolled the lucky dice or something? Oh, maybe. What, what, what are these? Because oh. you're about to go to Santino's and yeah. get killed. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, maybe you didn't know. The very end of the episode, we get <laughs> another piece of pie for our friend, and Cooper says friend in a normal voice, and Candy is so happy to serve him pie oh. and let us look at her boobs for a moment. <laughs> and then we get happy laughter and the rolling credits. Yeah. It's true. No bang bang bar. No yeah, bang no bang, bang bar. Bang. And is that the second episode with no bang bang bar or do we get I think one? So. Yeah. Uh, there's been um Yeah, maybe one or two or three years. So like really? the first two, like uh the first episode was kind of like a Part one and part two. So right. part two ended with the bang bang bar. Oh right. So one oh. didn't really have one it. didn't really yeah. have it. But then it had it a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Um, and not every time to end it, like, Oh, Rebecca Del so. Rio was 10, right? That was last episode. Yeah. Okay, that was yeah. the Bang Bang Right, bar, yeah. so we have bang had, but it's, uh, so hopefully next episode we get some answers. I appreciate the answers on Becky. Thank you, but we'd <laughs> love some answers on Richard now. That would be really good. <laughs> And let's move Cooper's development along just a little bit. Why don't we? Please. That'd be real fun. Full sentence. One full, One full sentence. sentence. That's not a mimic. Meanwhile, 